Fate's the name. Henry J. Fate. And you're Al Denton. And you're running away. We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter death's waiting room, if you dare. Welcome to another fun episode of Strange Highways. I am Paul. And I am the second fastest gun in the West, Kevin. See, I'm like the fourth or fifth. I'm, I'm actually yeah, well, double regardless, We're both dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, we would be. You're right. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, we got our Mr. Denton on Doomsday. That's this episode's third episode of Twilight Zone. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the previous episode, and I hope you did not meet Mr. Death in the meantime. Because uh, if you did, you wouldn't be listening to this. But just in case, if you did, I keep that noise at the ready because there's another similar noise that we're going to talk about in this episode that happened with Mr. Yes. Denton on Doomsday. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, we before we started the show here, uh, we kind of I th- I think I kind of know where Kevin's coming from on this one. I kind of had to admit to him that I think the Twilight Zone's awesome. I don't know how I feel about this episode. But maybe as yeah. we talk about it, maybe I'll warm up to it a little bit. Yeah, this is probably my least favorite of what we've covered. Not saying that's not saying much because uh, this is episode number three. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it's, it's like it's like oh, well, before it, we've done this is the worst one. No, just, yeah, yeah. But um, it, I, I I mean I've seen quite a few of them already. So it, it, this is not one I've seen before, and it's not one I plan on seeing again for a long time. I'll just say that. <laughs> I, I will admit, like, I think I've said this before, like, I'll try to watch this episode, like, the episodes as they come, I'll watch them the first time all the way through without any pre-work, like, notes or reading about anything, because I just kind of want to watch it, uh, and then I go back and catch your, you know, images and audio, and as I was watching it the first time, I'm like, I don't want to go through this one again, like, it was like, <laughs> but I did, you know, but I was just like, dang it, I don't really, I don't know what it is, like, there there is a skeleton of an interesting story in here, and I feel like they... Like what was what what Rodsling presented was an interesting idea, but it was just handled oddly, you know. Yeah, I I feel like it might be something. He had so many uh, screenplays he had to uh, make for the Twilight Zone. I feel like this may have been a filler episode. It feels like it it. just it just seems like like you said, there's a good idea, but it does deal with themes that we see reoccurring throughout this entire season. So I, I I really think this may have been one of the filler episodes. Yeah, it does feel like kind of like um like a half baked idea. And knowing yeah. that like when he when he wrote he he actually just talked into um like a dictaphone or something and actually and spoke out loud his scripts. And so then he would send those off to get written up. So this almost kind of sounds like this script. This felt like like a stream of consciousness talking it through and being like, oh, and and, and now we have an ending. 
<laughs> like it felt really, you know, it kind of felt like that. Like uh, I, I don't know, but we can let's we'll talk more about that in a second. Um, For sure, we have some. We we got the we got to get to the the homework part of it before we get to the the fun part. I guess uh, air yeah. date October sixteenth, nineteen fifty nine. Um, I know I like bringing up the number one movie, number one song. Those didn't change from the previous week, so it's still Pillow Talk is the movie. Mac the Knife is still the number one song. Um, Mac the Knife's going to stick around for a little bit, so we don't have to go and celebrate that too much. Um, odd fact of the day, Fidel Castro was sworn in as prime minister of Cuba on the same day this episode was aired. So oh, wow. I, I thought no, that was kind of weird. I was trying to find something interesting about this date and I, I couldn't find anything. Yeah, so. it was tough. Like this one was a tough one. I, I, I'm starting to think like, I thought I'd find more like birthdays of like people that we know born on this day. And even mm-hmm. with this being like, you know, 50 years, it's like, it's still, you know, that, that, I don't know. It's, it's still kind of hard to find a lot of that pop culture stuff in there. So, um, yeah. but yeah, that's all I had in terms of like, like air date background. Um, and then, you know, we can get into uh casting crew. Uh, do you have any notes about yeah. that? Cause I, there's one, one big one in here that I was surprised to see. Yes. Yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. Um, this episode was directed by the time element director from the, uh, uh, episode zero that we talked about, uh, Alan Reisner. Oh, and, uh, this is the only twilight zone episode. And he was primarily a TV director, but like I said, he did do Time Element, so that's his other connection. Um, other than that, it's kind of a weird Twilight Zone episode because a lot of these people have no other connections to the Twilight Zone other than Rod Serling. Yeah, like um, one of the actors shows up in a later episode as well. I I forget which one. Yeah, two of them do, but I mean, one of them is like like way in like 1963 or something, so yeah. it's not for a while. Um, but yeah, we got cast. We have Dan Daria, Martin Landau, a uh, really young Martin Landau, um, Gene Cooper, Malcolm Atterbury, and Doug McClure. Yeah. So, um, uh, quick note about the director. I did look at his like what he did later on, and the only thing I thought was fun to mention is that he directed one episode of Airwolf. I just wanted to mention that. Oh, nice. I don't know why, don't know why that's important, but I thought that was like, sweet, he did Airwolf. But anyway. Well, uh, Gene Cooper, who plays Liz, who is uh, not that important of a character in this, uh, his, has a huge reoccurring role in The Young and the Restless. Oh, and she's the mother of Corbin Burnson, too. Ah, okay. So there's your, there's your I don't know, Major League connection. I, I don't know. But uh, uh, yeah, she was, you're right. She like I remember I read about her as well, and they're like, but whenever she was going to leave the show, like it was a big deal. So she did a lot of soap work. A lot of these actors did other Western stuff, but I feel like that's not nearly as important uh, because at that time there were so many Westerns on TV and Westerns being made that if you're a working actor, you probably ended up in a Western or two just by happenstance. Yeah, this this uh, episode came out the same year as Rio Bravo. So, I mean, that's a, one of the biggest one of the biggest Westerns, American Westerns, at least. Um but yeah, Dan Daria, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, who plays Al Denton, was in Win- Winchester 73, which is a pretty cool Western, and tons of like TV Western shows. Um, Martin Landau, of course, he plays Dan Hodling. I'm not quite yeah, sure I if I his name said that right. Yeah. yeah, he's like the kind of gang leader in the saloon. Um, he's in another Twilight Zone episode, I think the season called The Jeopardy Room. Okay, and then uh, Henry J. Fate, played by Malcolm Atterbury, is another character actor. He was in Rio Bravo, actually. Oh, that's that's interesting. Like I, so you say there's not much connection to the Twilight Zone. There is a really weird connection toward North by Northwest, 
with this with this cast because that movie was just number one like two weeks previous to this this episode coming out. And Martin Landau was in North by Northwest. Uh, Malcolm Atterbury was in North by Northwest, and then also Ken Lynch as well. So like these three huh. guys were in North by Northwest. So I thought that yeah, was kind of odd. I saw Malcolm Atterbury was he was just like man crossing road or something. Though. <laughs> that's that's true, but it's just like you know this movie was number one in the country, and then they're all these guys are also doing TV work too. So I thought that was uh, because I mean I don't know you don't really like, there wasn't that big as big a crossover I don't think anyway between like t- television and movies at the time. Maybe I mean I know that there was a big division. If you were a television actor, you did TV. You didn't really do movies. Well, I, I think I might be mistaken, but I feel like early TV and stuff, a lot of those actors kind of jumped back and forth. And then there became sort of a stigma maybe in the like late 60s, 70s, and 80s. And then now TV's kind of become a safe haven for uh, a lot of actors to go and do different roles. Yeah, kind of like a way to like to to show people like you know what you're really worth if you could do good television. It, you're, it's kind of turned around. It's weird. Yeah, but I, I feel like at that time a lot of the actors were going back and forth. But I could be mistaken. No, you're you're you you're probably right. I I probably was just like, oh, it's weird that they they could be on two different things at the same time. Um, also, the bartender Ken Lynch was born in Cleveland. I don't know why that's important. I thought that was neat that that the actor was born in Cleveland. So there's a Cleveland connection as well. Um, then that's it really like, and the music was all stock music taken from other sources. Like there was no actual orchestration done for this particular episode and it shows. Yeah. Um, they use some, I saw it was like a Russian, uh, folk song played on harmonica. And that was like one of the main pieces of music in this whole episode. And it kind of sounded like, and maybe just because I was reading too much into it, it sounded almost like how dry I am. Like which is the the song they kept having didn't sing over and over again. So at first I thought it was just like a harmonica version of that. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, <laughs> so that's cast and crew. Um, we should let, let's get Sterling to do his intro here. This one's a little long and it's a little odd. Um, and we'll we'll fill in the gaps here because he's referencing things on the screen that he doesn't actually say anything about. Uh, so I'll play that and then we'll start talking about the episode improper. Portrait of a town drunk named Al Denton. This is a man who's begun his dying early, a long, agonizing route through a maze of bottles. Al Denton, who would probably give an arm or a leg or a part of his soul to have another chance, to be able to rise up and shake the dirt from his body and the bad dreams that infest his consciousness. In the parlance of the times, this is a peddler. A rather fanciful-looking little man in a black frock coat. And this is the third principal character of our story. Its function, perhaps to give Mr. Al Denton his second chance. I, I wanted to keep the, the fate noise in there at the end because I feel <laughs> like it's important. But but yeah, that, that intro, he's referencing Al Denton, who's the main, main guy, then also um, Mr. Fate who is the peddler, and then the third item is a gun that materializes b- beside uh, Denton when he's on the ground. So uh, kind of a disjointed intro, but that sets it up. You know, he's a drunk, had seen better days, and then sudden, suddenly it's a good idea to give a drunk a gun. I don't know how that makes sense. Yeah, and it kind of sets up the uh, main theme of the episode, which is a second chance. Yeah, I it, it, it does. Like it's a, I, This is my problem with the episode is that I don't mind the idea of, of Al being this guy who he was really good at what he did. And because he was really good at what he did, it weighed on him heavily. 
and that caused him to, you know, start drinking and all these other things and that he was somebody and now he's not. I, 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 I like that aspect of it. I like the idea that like the way he kind of ends up being back in the good graces of people is by doing what he did before. But it's just, it was a weird, I didn't, I don't know. Like it felt like if it, it didn't feel earned, I, I, then that's maybe I'm, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but it, it just felt kind of disjointed and odd. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can definitely see where you're coming from with that. Um, so you want to jump into the plot here? It's, it's pretty simple. It is. I, yeah. You want to take the, take the lead on that? Well, first thing I want to mention is that when you see Al Denton, he's, uh, he's drunk and in, in, in town and he, he's coming out of a bar and he's singing, he's being forced to sing How Dry I Am by a young um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, I mean Martin Landau. Um, <laughs> like, they look a lot alike. It's weird at, at that age. Uh, and then Martin Landau is like, you know, here's your, here's your drink. And he, call, he keeps calling him rummy. And, but he also poured booze all over Denton's face, which... Like and the way Denton was like like trying to catch it, it was like it was almost like rainwater. And I'm like, I don't think booze would feel that good on your face. I feel like wouldn't that burn your eyes a little bit? I don't know. I would think so. <laughs> I don't know. It, didn't, it seemed like a nice like warm bath. I'm like, I don't know what kind of proof that alcohol is then because it's not much. But but yeah, they're teasing him, uh, and and that's kind of and then the the bar maiden, um, she comes out and she's the only person really calls him by his first name, or he doesn't call him Rummy. And she's talking yeah. to Mr. Denton, and like they basically saying, "Hey, you know, why are you letting them do this?" You know, yeah, and- her and the bartender kind of watch it all go down, and uh, they're both kind of disgusted by the uh, by the whole action that's taking place in front of them. Yeah, and it just um, I also I also liked it too because it, it felt like uh, whenever Serling was doing the voiceover bit, when you first see Denton in the road, he's crying and he's rolling around in the dirt, just being sad and miserable. And it felt like, um, I, I don't know. It felt very, it was interesting cause you didn't just a nice, uh, silence with just the voice talking about who he is. I thought that was yeah. kind of, kind of interesting. Um, yeah, from there though. Um, so he's laying on the ground at one point and he picks up that gun. Oh, well the gun and, just uh, shows up cause, uh, it, just, it magically appears beside him, which is, weird. yeah. Yeah. Um, so he picks up the gun and, uh, there's a peddler who came into town, which the first shot of the episode is the peddler who is Henry J. Fate is coming into town with his wagon. So he's kind of looking on with him carrying this gun approvingly <laughs> and he <laughs> yeah. walks back into the bar. And yeah, you're right. Like he, he was really he was being kind of a creeper like the first bit of the episode. Like he was just kind of poking his head around and kind of smiling every time something would happen. It was it was it was odd. So uh Denton goes goes back in the bar, uh Landau and company, <clears throat> excuse me, they see the gun. So they start to they challenge him to like, you know, like, hey, you know, you're good with this gun. Show me. We'll have a you know, we'll have a standoff right now. And and Denton's like, no, no, I'm I'm not like I don't mean it. I just found this gun. And he starts waving it around wildly and then um, you know, Mr. Fate smiling on watching this gun being like whipped around wildly. And, and then, and then a, a shot just goes off. It takes the gun out of Landau's hand. And he's shocked by this because it's like, it's one of those like impossible shots. And this drunk guy who's not even looking, just did it. Yeah. 
and he, and he um, apologizes immediately thereafter too. Like, yeah, he was like, it was an accident. Everybody saw it was an accident. So everybody around him gets all excited, and the bartender's like, oh, come on, come on, I'll get you a drink. He's like, I've never seen anyone shoot like that, which I thought was funny because it's like. It's not really hey, the no problem. Yeah. 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 It's like, we respect you now because you shot somebody. We didn't respect you a few minutes ago because you didn't shoot anybody. Like, I've, Western justice is weird to me. I don't understand how that works. But, but yeah, he's in the bar. Landau comes back in, is wanting to challenge him again, you know, because it's, you know, he just, he feels like he's been, you know, besmirched. And then the gun gets waved around again wildly and it shoots um, a chandelier as it drops on Landau's hand and takes the, the gun away a second time. And suddenly, uh, Mr. Denton's like a legend. Yeah. And uh, probably one of my favorite parts of the episode is a guy comes up and calls him Mr. Denton instead of Rummy or Al or anything else. And he gets all proud of himself. Like, that's first time in a long time somebody's called me Mr. Denton. And he decides he's going to stop drinking and get a shave. Yeah. And it's like. Uh, when I watched this with uh, with, with uh, Mary, she was just like, that's not how alcohol- alcoholism works. I'm like, well, no, no, it isn't like you suddenly are cured of it. I said, I'm sure this guy's made this decision a lot of times in his life to be like, you know what? Today's the day I stop. I want to go get a shave. You know? Yeah. I, I, and and Serling relies on stereotypes quite a bit. That's, that's um, true. In some of his writing. So um, and alcoholism, I'm sure, is going to come back in some of these episodes. I mean, it, it was already in time element. That's true. Yeah, I know. There's there's going to be a lot of debauchery uh, and and all this. And so so yeah, he goes and gets cleaned up. Um, and like not even like later that night, like he gets a shave. Um, and which you know he tells the the barmaid like, hey, you know, now that I've done this, um, like this is what I used to do. Uh, people would come into town like almost every day and challenge me, and I would take them down. And, you know, then he felt remorse because he was so good at it. And the last person that asked him for, like, you know, a showdown was a 16-year-old kid that he killed. And then he's had regret ever since. That's why he started drinking heavily. So then suddenly he's like, oh, hey, I'm doing good again. I'm going to go get a shave. And then I don't know how this works in the Old West, but someone shows up that night saying, hey, someone's going to challenge you. Like, how did that happen? Like, that's <laughs> it's like... Just what we didn't have social media back then, so no one was tweeting about this. Like it just people somebody like, just ran out of the bar, just started running until they found somebody else, <laughs> just yeah. yelling about it. Um, yeah, it, it happens pretty quick. I mean, by the time he gets shaved up and everything, it's that evening, and uh, guy shows up and says, uh, oh, "What's what's the uh, guy's name? Pete Grant? Was that it? It's something like that, yeah." Yeah, he's like, Pete Grant is coming for you, and uh, he wants to challenge you tonight at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Or the next night at 10 o'clock. Some 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like... Yeah, the, it was Pete Grant. The, yeah, I think it was the next day because you had the brief bit of um, of our, our hero, Mr. Denton, like pulling an unforgiven moment where he's out in like a field trying to shoot a can with a gun. And I'm just like, at that point, just grab a shotgun. Just go full Clint Eastwood. Because if you don't, if your hands aren't there anymore, grab a weapon. It's going to help you. But he, but he can't shoot. Like he, even when he's trying now, he can't do it. So he pretty yeah, much expects right. he expects to die today because he can't shoot. Yeah. So then that night, then after going to the shooting range and not be able to hit his mark, um, he sees the peddler outside a window and goes out and approaches him, and that's when he is introduced officially to fate. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, by the way, did you also notice, I mean, like the first half of the episode, they did everything in the power to keep putting that actor in front of his cart, blocking his own name. 
Like you kept seeing, like you'd, you'd see the F, but you wouldn't see the full, the full word. Like, yeah. You'd just see Henry J. Yeah. And it was like, you're not fooling anybody. Like we've already heard your weird noise. The gun magically appeared. Like, I don't understand what fates. I mean, I get what fate fates role was in all of this, but it, it seemed like his, his granting of abilities was very odd to step in for Mr. Denton where it's like, one is like, you don't have to even be looking at the guy. You could shoot him. But then later <laughs> on, like I have to give you a specific thing. It was just, it was like, I don't need to have everything spelled out. Cause I know this is the twilight zone. Sometimes it's more important to believe than to explain, but like this felt like there was rules being made up as you went along. It, it was really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when he shoots, uh, Martin Landau in the beginning, he doesn't take the potion that he's about to receive from fate. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. It is uh pretty kind of sloppy. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself. He, uh, goes and approaches fate and fate's like, Oh, I sell a little bit of everything. And he brings up potions. Yeah. It was actually, I have that, but I was going to be like, Kevin, if I over, if I come back to your house for a party, this is what I would bring. Utensils, herbs, medicine, Liniments and tonics, farm implements, clothing, and potions. See, I'd bring all those over to your place if we're going to hang out. Farm <laughs> implements, like night. potions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but real quick, you mentioned Landau. I forgot to, to mention. I loved, loved, loved how he did a back kick into the cowboy door and kicked the bartender away as the bartender's trying to break up the fight at the beginning. Like he just he just like mule kicks that door and sends that bartender backwards. I thought that like I, that was like my favorite part of the whole episode was to see Landau kick somebody. I thought that was great. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, yeah okay, anyway, yeah. So sorry, he, he uh, starts yeah. talking about the potions. That's right. Um, Which we should now call and, five hour energy from from here on till the end of the episode because yes, all of the cool uh, five hour energies, ten second energies. Yeah, so he gives them a potion. He calls his fast gun developer which is uh, pretty specific and it only works for 10 seconds after you take it. Like what other potions did he have too, where he's like, Oh, this is the, this is the fast dishwasher one. You drink this and you can do all the dishes in 10 seconds. Like that's that a, sounds amazing. It does. Um, but yeah, he happened to carry potions to make people really good at being a gunslinger for 10 seconds, which I didn't uh, understand. It, it must've been fate that he was carrying that potion on him. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, uh, it, it felt very much like video game logic before video games were a real thing. You know, like it's just like, hey, you're having problems. Well, if you drink this thing, you can do amazing things for 10 seconds. It was like he was giving him like a liquid star man from like uh, Super Mario. It felt yeah, really, maybe the, uh, really weird. Maybe the Red Dead uh, sequel yes. coming out will have this. Well, didn't didn't Red Dead have like the you could slow down time temporarily and like line up shots and everything? Like I think you had like yeah a dead yeah eye. during the duels and everything. So maybe maybe those guys at Rockstar was like, hey, we need to incorporate this because people need to know what it's like to drink a potion from Mister Fate. I don't think that was in their notes. No, I don't um, think so either. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we get like to um, like the 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 bar standoff where you know Denton knows that he has to, you know, he's going to chase, uh, you know, challenge this guy and you get in the bar guy shows up and he's like, Which basically, I, yeah, sorry, I, I have to interject there. Um, was some decent atmosphere there because they're all just sitting around in the saloon and it's dead quiet. And all you hear is the clock ticking and the, um, and the doctor staring, looking on. Yeah, that was a funny it, bit. 
I, I, I like that little bit, though, because that felt like an actual Western. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, that town must be bored. Like, like they just wait. They're like, oh, it's almost 10. We're all going to be in this bar just waiting for these guys to shoot each other. I um, would totally be there. <laughs> what else is there to do? It's true. You know, I mean, they already shot the one can and the one light in the town. So, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they go to have the shoot the, 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 the big standoff. And, and then Denton drinks his 10-second uh, energy. And then he sees that uh, uh, Troy McClure drank his 10-second energy. And, and then they both stare at each other, for which I think is more than 10 seconds, and then open fire. And they shoot the guns out of their hands. And then that's, you know, like the big dramatic moment of the episode. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, I, I did get this bit of uh, dialogue after. I liked how you saw both guns, like everyone got their, their hands shot. And then they had this guy come over and have to announce this. This is a push, boys. No winner. Just in case you didn't know, they had to have a ref come over and be like, oh, you're both standing. This That's a tie. And then walked away. Like, that was a really weird, like, uh, sorry, there's no winners here. Everybody got their hands hurt. Yeah, you're both alive if you didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, but it's a push. Um, like, <laughs> that's very strange. Yeah. So uh, then, I mean, I know we're kind of burning through this, but I mean, this is very bare bones. Uh, he, he finds out, like, uh, like to him, for Mr. Denton, like, he goes out on top because like he made another impossible shot, his hands mangled. So he can't ever do this again. So he's happy in knowing that like, he doesn't have to ever raise a gun again. And he's actually trying to convince the kid, Hey, you know, this is a blessing, you know, like you go live your life. You don't, you're not held to having to be like what I was. And, and so didn't kind of wins in the sense that like, Hey, I, I could still be known as this famous, like, you know, sharpshooter, but I don't have to ever prove it again. Yeah. Uh, and uh again, he gets a second chance. Yeah, and, and then uh, the kid gets he doesn't even like the whole bit at the end where it's like keeping one guy from falling out of a pit and another guy getting out or whatever it was that Sterling said. Yeah. Uh, so Yeah, and the kid gets a second chance too cuz eventually he would have just been shot, you know, or fallen into the pit of alcoholism that Mr. Denton did. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. It, it's it's pretty weak on the themes in this. I mean, usually there's like a lesson to be learned or a nice twist. This is really weak on all, all those fronts. Yeah, so I mean like that like that's where I'm saying this is my frustration with this whole um this whole episode is that I feel like the whole bit with um like his story of regret and what he did. Like, I think that's interesting and that could have been set up a little bit better. Like I would have liked to have seen him more, more, not like completely like town drunk, but more like the guy at the edge of the bar that's barely holding it together that like, you know, he, he's still haunted, but he's capable, you know, like I think that would have been way better than just seeing somebody that was just like a joke. And then actually have more of like that weighing on his head of like, I could do this and I don't want to do it anymore. But it's almost like a Wolverine type thing of like, you know, I don't want to kill yeah, anybody. They're pulling me back in. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that could have been a little bit stronger. Not that I can rewrite this episode, but I just like, I, man, like just you give me a haunted background, like where his, the life that he lived, where he's basically like the best at what he did. That's not the, the character I got a vibe from in the first half of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely a weak episode. <laughs> and also, too, like... I, I'm yeah. struggling to find things to talk about with this one. <laughs> um, be honest with you. Like, I'm just, like, staring at my notes, like... Um, I like the bar scene. And uh, second chances. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, like, and I, I will yeah. say, Serling loves his characters down on their luck. It's a, it's a character 
character that we're going to see over and over again through his writing, at least. And I don't think that's a I don't think that's a bad way to be. I don't think because I mean, no, anybody can no, relate to take that. the last episode, which we both uh, liked quite a bit. You know, um, it's a, it's a similar thing. It's a character who's down on his luck. He really uh, can't make the sale, and something happens, and he pulls himself out of it. Yeah. And, um, I, like I, I think like the, the, the downloader luck person, I think that's a very relatable position. So as a viewer coming in, yeah, for sure. like, I think that's an easy, easy thing to latch onto. I feel like, like this one is almost like, it's almost like a mirror, like a, like a, a, well, not a mirror image of the previous episode, but in the sense that like, I expected the last episode to be like a lot darker, but it was actually a lot lighter with how funny it played death and like his basically like I got to keep appointments and then the way, you know, like Mr. Bookman kind of was like screwing with them. And then, you know, like it actually had a much more fun, lighthearted feeling to it. This one, it wanted to be lighthearted with like the fate sound and um, with Mr. Fate, like being kind of like, you know, I got what you need. And and then a whole line about you can remember tonight's the night that fate stepped in. Like you wanted like it was trying to be like a little bit more goodwill. And, and, and the story, I, I don't know, it, it didn't feel like it deserved that. And yeah, and I, I think another uh, shortcoming of this is are the performances. Yeah. Well, what did you think of like, the main guy playing Denton? He was the best. He was definitely the best. And uh, fate was a little bit off for me. Like you said, he was just kind of he was just kind of creeping around the corner. <laughs> and I didn't necessarily necessarily find him endearing or scary. <laughs> so he would just there's just kind of nothing to him yeah and there was kind of nothing to any other characters except for mr denton but mr denton wasn't necessarily likable either no and, and that's where yeah. the last episode with mr bookman uh, differs whereas mr bookman was ridiculously likable that's true i mean i guess like i mean maybe you weren't supposed so, to, to like mr denton but it's like at least you could <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I could see the whole. I could. I could see where he's coming from. But yeah, like, um, fate. Like, I, what I needed. What I really needed from fate was, hey, you have this. But I needed that little extra bit on the twist where it's like he has a ten second formula, and then maybe like he goes to drink it, and then someone tries to talk him out of doing it, and you know, like something. You need that extra little push in there at the end. Yeah, and it didn't happen. And at, at the end, everyone just kind of leaves. Yeah, that's, that's just it. it. Like, like fate just rides away um Grant i was expecting disappears like everybody just like well yeah i thought landau's character lucky. would show back up after he got like demoralized twice you know yeah. i thought maybe maybe you have the shootout at the end and then like you know oh hey everybody shot their hands and whatever and then all of a sudden landau shows up he's like i don't care we're doing another one right now you know like and he'd have to have denton maybe shoot with his left hand or something like where he actually makes a shot on his own and actually tells that you know he he is the one that sets the tale for himself i think i don't know like i know I'm, I'm i know i'm like speculating and writing this episode as if i did it but i needed something else you know like yeah again I, i'm gonna stand by my filler <laughs> <laughs> judgment with this one i really feel like this was just like i gotta get another script together yeah that's i mean I didn't expect starting off this this uh, experiment that we would love every episode, but man, this one was just kind of, I you know I just it was there like it, it, yeah. You know. and there again, there's not much on rewatch that I could really pick out. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I thought there was when he was shaving, he was looking into a broken mirror. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because um, you can kind of 
uh, you can kind of make your uh, call with that, what that can symbolize, or it could just be a broken mirror, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Like I, um, I, I kind of thought about that too. I thought maybe they'd come back to something symbolism wise and there really wasn't any, any symbolism other than, well, actually I don't think there was any symbolism in the episode. Was there? I mean, there was nothing really. That's what I mean. It, the only thing that really stood out with me was the broken mirror. But again, I think it just might be uh set dressing. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, that, that's so I, I hope that, um, I hope that people, you know, I hope you at least you, you got through it, you know, congratulations. You made it, uh, to the end of that episode. Um, like we did. So hopefully you did too. Um, we're going to, we're going to read our twist right now and then we'll talk about what's coming up next. <laughs> So this twist, I'll give it a one out of five because, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a much fun of a twist, but at least at least it completed Mr. Denton's character arc and got him some redemption. So it's one of those ones that in hindsight, I'm like, okay, I see what you did there. But when I watched the episode, I was like, that's it. That's the ending. Like, I was kind of like, (laughs) what just happened? Like, yeah, it was kind of I was kind of angry. Yeah, Um, I'm going to give it the exact same as you. One out of five for that twist. Um it, I mean, it's hard to even call it a twist. No, no. <laughs> the, like the twist of finding out that the other gunman had the 10 second energy as well was it was. interesting. Yeah, I, I guess that's technically the twist because the ending is just an ending, you know? Yeah. Um, but even that isn't that exciting. No, like, it's not. It just I mean, for a second there, I thought it was going to turn more interesting and it really didn't. Um, brief side note. I only saw three cigarettes in this entire episode, so they're pretty healthy for the Old West, other than the rampant alcoholism and the gunfighting. So good for and them. all that dust and all that dust. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesus, I can relate. I just came in from uh, gardening. I'm covered in dirt right now, so <laughs> it's kind of so, appropriate. <laughs> like if you go walking outside and see a tumbleweed, you're like, oh, shit's about to get real. You know, just <laughs> just make sure you have your um your uh, gun accuracy potion with you at all times. Yeah, my fast gun developer. Fast gun developer. <laughs> that sounds like something you'd use for film. You know, like, yeah, I, oh, like you I had to, to rewind it like four times to catch what he says because he says it. He's like, "Is my fast gun developer?" And I was like, "Do you say developer?" <laughs> it's such so a weird potion. If you were to make a shot called the fast gun developer, what would you put into it? <sighs> and, whiskey, my, and what I'm saying is, you need to do that. You need to make a fast gun developer shot. Whiskey, tequila, and grapefruit juice. <laughs> <laughs> I will try one of those if they, if it's presented to me. I will try one. And then oh. I'll handle a gun wildly for 10 seconds. And I, I just, you know, hopefully, hopefully everyone makes out alive. So, well, we got a bunch of Nerf guns here, so we'll <laughs> test it out with that and see how it goes. I like it. That'll be fun. Um, and then you'll shoot the Nerf gun out of my hand and I'll never be able to shoot a Nerf gun ever again. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, please, uh, uh, hit us up on our, our social media on our, on our Facebook. Uh, that's, um, strange highways podcast. Uh, we have a Gmail at strange highways podcast at Gmail. Uh, we have Twitter, but I don't really know what to tweet about for episodes that are 50 years old. So you can definitely hit us up there if you want to as well. Uh, you can leave, <laughs> and, us- uh, leave us emails again. If you watch this episode and you hated it or you loved it and we're a bunch of assholes and <laughs> we're wrong, <laughs> definitely let us know. Yeah. Um, Open um, to as many interpretations as we can get. And if people want to challenge me to a duel, you know that's fine too. I'll do that. Uh, I just I just need I just need some fast gun developer first. Um, so so yeah, that will do it. Um, that like credit to you that we got got as far as long as we did with this because this seemed like this was going to be this was going to be an uphill battle. Um, so next episode, I think this is going to be more in our wheelhouse. Uh, it is titled the Sixteen Millimeter Shrine, and I don't yes. know anything about it other than it sounds like it deals with like old movie starlets. 
Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to visit this one because I vaguely remember this episode and I remember liking it. So I'm excited to revisit it. Excellent. So. All right, everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, until next time, um, we'll, we'll we'll see you then. Just uh, be careful when you're out walking in the mean streets of old timey West Town. I don't I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> <I don't laughs> we, made we, we made it through this one. We made it. 